once again back once again back once again back once again back once again with a beat a good head and a good heart are always a formidable combination nelson mandela hey i'm scott with the wisdom in all things podcast where we look at applying wisdom to life in three areas mind body and soul pretty much everywhere on today's episode in defense of coffee's goodness is it a vice or a virtue Mark Sisson says this, Coffee is serious business. We Americans drink about 400 million cups of it per day and spend several billion dollars on it each year. That's, that's pretty serious. It's the most popular drug on earth, he says, and certainly the most socially acceptable. Yet, it's also considered to be a vice, one of those substances that everyone knows is bad for you. Or is it? My have I grown up. I used to have to pump so much chocolate into my espresso drink that there was hardly room for any coffee or milk. I mean, it was so black with chocolate, but not so anymore. In fact, no chocolate, all coffee. And now that I'm all grown up, I kind of wonder about what it may or may not have been doing for me or to me. Well, most of us probably don't wake up each morning looking for preventive cancer options. This bit of news should have us smiling all the way to the coffee machine. Coffee helps protect against several cancers. It reduces inflammation, increases mortality, and even helps mitigate sun damage. But as good as that can be, we need to keep in mind the downside of getting too much of a good thing. As the winds of the New Year's resolutions begin to build, Mark Sisson gives us more than enough reason to be confident about keeping this on the list of things to enjoy in the New Year, in case there was any question. Let's celebrate its goodness. In addition to the long-term health benefits, there are also more immediate advantages that coffee provides by way of performance. Mark gives us a clear understanding of what those are and how to avoid some pitfalls. First, he says, it's good for the brain. It boosts executive functioning and working memory and also improves your mood and makes you think you're drawing from a bottomless well of mental energy, he says. I know, I had to look it up to be sure. Executive functioning Uh, Apparently, it's a set of mental skills that will help you get things done and includes the areas of working memory, reasoning, flexibility, and problem solving, as well as planning and execution. So executive functioning. If anybody questions your coffee habit, you just drop that one. So good for the brain. It's also good for the body. He says, whether it's endurance, the high-intensity interval training, sprinting, badminton, resistance training, or almost any athletic pursuit you can name, a cup or two of coffee before you work out can actually improve performance. It's also good for the diet. It is the biggest dietary source of polyphenols. In the real world, where most people drink several large cups of coffee each day, Mark Sisson says it is the primary way we get our antioxidants. One of the pertinent cautions Mark provides is the impact of coffee on our sleep. While we may use coffee to mitigate the cognitive deficits, from getting less sleep, drinking it in excess or too close to bedtime can be disruptive. He says this, drinking it at night impairs melatonin secretion and reduces sleep quality and quantity. He says drinking it all day maintains alertness and cognitive performance, but detracts from sleep quality and quantity as well. And having a double espresso three hours before bed phase delays your circadian rhythm by 40 minutes, effectively pushing back the regular bedtime. So it's good for the brain, it's good for the body, it's good for the diet, but here are some key don'ts from Mark. For instance, don't settle on one brewing method, so there's not one that's particularly worse or better. Change it up to find your personal preference. This is where variety, being the spice of life, is is pretty true. Brewing method does make a difference on both taste and the time it takes to get to your first cup, but switch it up a little bit. 
Second, don't. Don't drink it first thing. I know, I had to read that over too. Don't drink it first thing. What? Here's what Mark is citing. He says, cortisol follows a circadian pattern. Right before you wake up, cortisol spikes to prepare you for the day. Right after you wake up, it spikes again, pushing you to the highest levels of the day. Drinking coffee when cortisol is high is somewhat redundant, since you're getting less of an effect from the coffee. And there are some that would argue that you want to drink water first thing because you've not had water for a number of hours. Hopefully you've got a good night's sleep and it's eight hours, eight or nine hours. But uh, that overnight period, uh, it's probably best to start with water and gradually make your way to coffee. But related to the cortisol, he recommends waiting about an hour after you wake up to have that first cup. Third, don't. Don't drink it when you don't need it. Again, what? It seems that the best way to leverage coffee is when you're ready for it. He says coffee works much better when you're well-rested and those adenosine receptors are clean as a whistle. That's when coffee truly shines, he says. Rather than waking you up, it propels you forward to productivity, optimism, and greatness. Fourth and final don't, don't worry about going organic. Studies show that coffee processing destroys the vast majority of coffee pesticides. Between the washing and roasting of the beans, in a recent study that Mark cites, none of the 12 studied pesticides were detectable. Bottom line, starting each day with a cup just feels right. Maybe just wait a little bit before you have one. But we can, knowing that there are some very good reasons to do so. There are quite a few more episodes at the website. Stop by wisdominallthings.com for the rest of them. Sign up for the email version if you'd like, wisdominallthings.com. And thanks for listening.